If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. He's back. He looks. He waits. He throws the pass, and it's intercepted. Jordan Polamalu at the 40, 35-30. Blockers at the 25. He's running right, right at the 15. He turns and goes for the goal line, and he's in for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Touchdown. Troy Polamalu with a big defensive pick. And this place is on fire! What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It is high noon on... Is my microphone working? Hold on! Alright, let's try this again. There we go. Now we're back. What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? It is high noon on a Friday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. I'm so jazzed up. I'm so fired up. I turned on the wrong microphone here in the studio. Classic Euler, isn't it? I am Wesley Euler. This is the Steelers Blitz on SNR, your 24-7 home of the black and gold. My final day solo here before Motsi returns to us next week. Uh, it's been fun this week. I have missed Arthur Motes, of course. I'll miss him especially today as we get you ready for Steelers Ravens Sunday, 1 o'clock at Akershire Stadium in a game that looms large, uh, certainly, to say the least, right, for both of these AFC North foes. For the Steelers, it's an opportunity to get that nasty taste out of your mouth uh, from the heart of Texas last weekend and that performance against Houston. It's also an opportunity to find yourself in first place in the division despite uh, you know two tough losses to the Niners and the Texans heading into your bye week here next weekend. For Baltimore, it's an opportunity to really build their divisional uh, cushion lead. They are in first place in the AFC North right now. They would really have a little bit of breathing room, particularly this early in the season. If they were able to win in Pittsburgh on Sunday and, you know, the added incentive for the Ravens is, is well, too, of, you know, maybe knocking the Steelers down a peg even more after what has been a chaotic week. So there is a lot to play for every time these two teams meet up, these two rivals meet up. But particularly, like I said, this Sunday on the North Shore, 1 p.m., at Acrisure Stadium. You guys know the drill. Even though I'm solo here inside the Electric Factory today, I will still try and bring you our Friday fix and show as normally as possible, as normal as possible here on the Blitz. We will uh, show you the money with some other picks around the National Football League, some games that I like, some spreads and lines and odds that I'm uh, eyeing up 
here as we hit NFL Week 5. Uh, we will have five-star Friday matchups. I'll do my best Professor Motes impersonation, and I'll bring you the five matchups to keep an eye on, the five matchups that will determine the outcome of Steelers-Ravens on Sunday. Of course, we'll take your predictions. You know where to get at me on Twitter, at Wesley Euler. That's our promise to you every single Friday here on The Blitz. You tweet us your predictions. We will read them before we get out of here. And yes, somehow, some way, by myself, with no MC Motes in the booth, I'll still sing you. The Here We Go song. I can't promise it's going to be uh, Grammy-esque, Grammy-worthy like it normally is whenever Arthur Motes is in here. I can't promise you it's going to be a number one hit record without my MC. But you know what? No excuses. It's Ravens week. I'm cutting my eyes off, baby, as we get you ready for Baltimore. Where'd you from? Baltimore. What? Baltimore. Baltimore? Where's that? Look, it doesn't really matter, all right? Fired up, charged up, ready to go here. And again, what is a a massive game for both teams, but particularly, I think, the Steelers' side of things. You're 2-2 and at this point in the season. You've got your bye week looming after this, right? You certainly don't want to hit your bye week on a two-game losing streak. You certainly don't want to hit your bye week with a losing record. You certainly don't want to have to sit and stew for two weeks after losing to your biggest rival and, and, you know, one of those games that is circled on the calendar every single year regardless. You're trying to get that bad taste out of your mouth. You're trying to get back into a favorable position in the division and throughout the AFC North. And that's honestly, I I, I love that about the timing of this. Yeah, in theory, you might look at it and you might look at the Steelers' schedule and go, man, you know what would be really nice now? Like, one, you know, Tennessee has to come to Pittsburgh in November. Green Bay has to come to Pittsburgh in November. Arizona later on in the season, right? Those teams are are struggling right now. And you might look at it and say, man, I kinda, this would be the week to get Arizona at home, right? Maybe get yourself right, get that offense humming, uh, win by 10 points or something like that against a Cardinals franchise that is really struggling and, and might be headed towards the number one overall draft pick in a few months. But I, I love that it's the Ravens. You're kind of backed into a corner right now, at least as early as you can be for the Steelers. It's only week five of the NFL season, so it's hard to say – you're backed into a corner, you're on life support, any of these different things. When it is, I mean, the calendar just turned to October. It is still very early relatively in the NFL season. Uh, You're not even a quarter of the way through your games yet at this point now with that extra, you know, week uh, or 17th game, week 18 added to the schedule a couple years ago. But this is about as big as you can get for this time of the year. You don't want to have a losing record. You don't want to drop a division game. You don't want to give Baltimore a two-game cushion and the lead in the AFC North. You want to keep your head above water, something we talked about a lot coming into this season, something that the Steelers weren't able to do last year. Now they were able to claw themselves out of that hole, uh, but you don't want to dig yourself a hole in the first place. And after that performance last week in Houston, I think it's the best possible palate cleanser. What what is what's what would be a better way to put that behind you and all the scrutiny that the Steelers have taken this week? The organization, the head coach, the offensive coordinator, the quarterback, the offensive line, everybody involved with the team has, you know, had some scrutiny, had some criticism in this past week. What better way to be able to put that behind you immediately? than to go out there and take care of business against the Baltimore Ravens, a division foe, your biggest rival, one of the marquee games in the NFL every single year. And again, one that would put you via a tiebreaker, but still first place in the AFC North heading into your bye week. It's an opportunity 
I don't know why. I, I always want to say that word in the voice of Mike Sullivan, not the Steelers quarterback coach, Mike Sullivan. I need to clarify. The Pittsburgh Penguins head coach, Mike Sullivan, who's from Boston and loves to use that word opportunity in all of his press conferences. Every time I say opportunity, I got to say it like I'm the head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, but it is a tremendous opportunity for the Steelers to flip that script. All the doom and gloom, all the criticism of this past week, you can do a 180 real quick if you go out there and take care of business against them Baltimore Rapids. I'm fired up. I'm charged up today here in the electric electric factory on the Steelers Blitz. You guys know the drill. Again, get those tweets in. I'll take your questions, your comments, your concerns, reactions, as always. We'll get to those as we roll along. But also, you know I want those predictions here on a Friday on the show. I will read those off in the final segment. Your predictions, I bookmark them throughout the show and then I'll read them before we get out of here, give you my prediction as well, too. Show me the money, Five Star Friday, Here We Go song, all that good stuff coming at you. But, you know, I'm thinking more about this game and just uh, talking with Max and Wolf during breaks and things like that while I produce their In the Locker Room show before I got get on here. And there's, you know, there's some strange things leading up to this game, I think particularly in terms of, oh, yes, I got to bring in the the Stranger Things type vibe, the eerie music here as we look at some stranger stats as it relates to the Steelers and the Ravens in recent times, recent history here, right? So, all right, let me let this kick in. Ooh, yeah, you guys like that? You like that little beat? There, It's like a... It's a Stranger Things type beat, okay? That's what I'm trying to find. Something with a little synth, something with a little tension, something with a little eeriness about it, if you will. The Ravens have lost five of their last six. Don't look now, but five of their last six to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a stranger stat. So is the fact that Lamar Jackson in his NFL career, which is, you know, he's on that veteran side of things now, despite still being a relatively young guy, came into the league so young. Lamar Jackson has played just three games against the Steelers and has missed five against Pittsburgh. He's one and two in those three games that he's played, small sample size, but has missed nearly two-thirds of his opportunities to play against the Steelers. The Steelers have had success against Lamar without a doubt. I mean, the the, the, the record is, is right there, two and one in the three games that they've played him, and I think that they've done a better job of limiting him uh, than most teams around the National Football League have done with the talented signal caller there for the Ravens, but he's missed five games against the Steelers. I got to think he's chomping at the bit, ready to go, Lamar Jackson, in terms of a uh, you know a, a, a guy who is going to be looking forward to this one. I think he knows kind of the, all right, uh, you know, I've missed a lot of games against these guys, and this is our biggest rival, and this is the team that our fan base wants to, to beat the most. A, a lot of interesting subplots as it relates to both the quarterbacks in this one, Kenny Pickett, his injury, and just his – you know, need to show that year two progression now that he's getting deeper and deeper into his NFL career. And for Lamar Jackson, looking at it and saying, you know, this is a team that I haven't played much against. And this is a team that when I have played against them, it hasn't always gone great for me. And this is the game that you're judged on most by our fan base. I need to go out there and put on a performance against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We know the Steelers and their injury concerns. I just talked about Kenny Pickett, you know, some other important injury updates and things like that uh, that we're kind of waiting on amongst the offensive line and the defense 
as well, too. Here's what it looks like for Baltimore, though. Wide receiver Rashad Bateman was a full participant yesterday in practice. Odo Beckham Jr. limited yesterday, as was the running back Justice Hill. Uh, Marlon Humphrey, talented corner. He's given the Steelers some issues over the years, right? He's been limited in practice all week as well. Morgan Moses, the right tackle who will, if he plays, be tasked with slowing down T.J. Watt. He did not practice at all on Wednesday, but did practice in a limited capacity yesterday. Uh, Odafi Awe, the talented pass rusher out of Penn State, he has not practiced all week. Neither has Daryl Worley, the safety out of West Virginia. He has not practiced yet this week. Ronnie Stanley, so maybe the, the good news, if you look at the injury report from a Baltimore standpoint, Ronnie Stanley, of course, the talented left tackle, he has been a full participant all week despite dealing with something nagging in his knee. So a lot of injury questions for both teams as we head into this one. The Steelers will obviously be without Pat Fryermuth, a little banged up on the offensive line as well, too. No Cam Hayward, as we all know now, for a couple months. So in a way, that kind of feels like Steelers-Ravens as well, doesn't it? It always seems like when these teams get together, there's some key absences, there's some key injuries, there's some guys that are banged up, and you just got to find a way in what is uh, perhaps the most physical matchup in the National Football League year in and year out. The tweets are rolling in at Wesley Euler. You guys know where to get at me with your score predictions, your other questions, comments, concerns, reactions. We'll get to some of those here in the first hour as we roll along about you know, 25 minutes or so from now. I will... Show me the money. Show you the money as I'll give you some of my favorite uh, NFL lines and odds and spreads of this week five slate across the National Football League. Plenty to get to here. How about the Chicago Bears finally getting a win last night against the Commanders? First time in nearly 365 days the Chicago Bears had won a game. They also, for those of you who hadn't seen it yet, breaking news update, the Chicago Bears have traded Chase Claypool, formerly of this parish, to the Miami Dolphins for a seventh round draft pick. So Claypool uh, back in the AFC down there with Tua, with Waddle, with Hill, with Mike McDaniels in that talented offense down in Miami. So it's all happening here on a Friday. You guys know where to get at me if you want to get involved. It's a Friday show. It's a little off the rails. It's plenty to get to as always. I'll do my best to Honor the spirit of the energy of Arthur Motes in here as I'm solo on a Friday as well. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Back on the Blitz here on a Friday, getting ready for Steelers Ratbirds Sunday, 1 o'clock at Acrisure Stadium on the North Shore of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Steeler Nation 920 tweets me at Wesley Euler. TGIF, heard you guys in the locker room earlier talking about your favorite Steelers-Ravens moment. Mine is when Heinz Ward put Ed Reed to sleep. What is your favorite? That's a good one, Steeler Nation 920. We, we talk a lot about the classic moments, right? Uh, sometimes that one does get forgotten. We, we hear about Ryan Clark a lot. We hear about Troy Polamalu a lot. We hear about the Immaculate Extension and Antonio Brown a lot. Uh, the Charlie Batch win against the Ravens. All these different things that are all moments that live in Steelers lore. Uh, Hines and Ed, that's a great one too. 
Certainly. We know uh, Heinz Ward is one of those guys had some animosity with the Ravens organization without a doubt. I think, right, the famous story, I think, was it Bart Scott or, or Suggs, one of the two who tried to get on the bus, I think, and fight Heinz Ward at one point. That, I mean, that's what Steelers-Ravens is. It's it's one of the few, if not the only, NFL games that feel like that collegiate rivalry, that collegiate hatred is present in this one. There's maybe a couple others that get close, right? Uh, Bears and Packers comes to mind, although, man, just for decades now, Green Bay has had their way with Chicago. That hasn't been nearly as competitive as Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Um, maybe Philly and New York, right? The, the Giants and the Eagles. Uh, maybe Washington and the Cowboys. Those rivalries have some vitriol and some nastiness. And, of course, New York and Philadelphia, those two cities only like 90 minutes away from each other, so there's a lot of close proximity there as well too but there's not a lot like this you know the Browns and the Bengals dislike each other but it ain't like this um you know the Chiefs and the Broncos dislike each other it ain't like this so uh, my favorite Ravens moment is one that I just mentioned one that I started to highlight with it's the Troy Polamalu pick six in the AFC championship game in 2009 you know what it's just a good excuse to play it again here one more time he's back he looks, he waits, he throws the pass, and it's intercepted! Troy Polamalu at the 40, 35-30, blockers at the 25, he's running wide right at the 15, he turns and goes for the goal line, and he's in for the Pittsburgh Steelers, touchdown! Troy Polamalu with a big defensive pick, and this place is on fire! It's my favorite Billy Hillgrove call of all time. It's one of my favorite moments as a Steeler fan. You know, Troy Polamalu is my favorite Steeler ever. It's, he's 1A, and Joey Porter is 1B. Uh, those are my two favorite Steelers ever. I, I wore 55 growing up playing sports because I wanted to trash talk people like Joey Porter. Uh, the last Steelers jersey I've bought in back in, you know, 2009-ish time period is Troy Polamalu, and it's, I never need another Steelers jersey the rest of my life. If I'm wearing a Steelers jersey, it's always going to be a 43. There, there's no doubt in my mind. That was my senior year of high school, towards the end of my senior year of high school, right? I mean, you, you know, second second half of the year, those things, you're coming down the stretch of your, your high school career. Um, you know, me and a dozen of my buddies jammed into one of our basements watching that game and just absolute pandemonium when Troy picks that off and takes it back to the house and secures the Steelers' spot in Super Bowl 43, which they would obviously go on to win. That was the time period in my life where that was the peak of my Steelers' fandom. Right. This was I'm still young. It's before I start working in sports media. It's before a lot of this stuff kind of turns into a job for me in a way Uh, that will always be my favorite Steelers Ravens moment. Troy Polamalu to the house. It's my favorite Billy Hillgrove call. It's there's the nostalgia of just every time I see that highlight, every time I hear that call from Billy, I remember where I was with all my boys, with all my buddies growing up senior year of high school. Uh, It's just it's it's untouchable. In, in my personal record book. But the Immaculate Extension on Christmas, another great one. I mean, there's just there's so many memories of Steelers-Ravens. It's why we love it so much here and uh, why we're always charged up here on a Friday anytime the uh, Steelers and the Ravens, anytime we've got that game coming up over the weekend. I did want to play a little audio for you here in the first hour of the program as well, too. Rob King, he hosts the Point After on DVE on Monday nights. He's the Steelers postgame host 
with Charlie Batch as, now, as well now, too. You guys know Kinger. He's been doing stuff for the Pirates and the Penguins on on, uh, on Pittsburgh Sports Network forever, formerly AT&T Sportsnet. Now he's doing some stuff with us on the Steelers side of things. Always love hearing Kinger's perspective, uh, particularly on quarterback play and offensive play like that as a guy who um, played college football, played the quarterback position. Here's Rob King chatting with Wolf and Max earlier in the week. We give you. The King. <laughs> That's Rob King. Rob King is in studio with us music. here, some here live. Here. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Not quite Tom Sawyer. I mean, we need, we need, we need some, like, some Elvis, you know? Uh, well, that's the best yeah, yeah, I've felt in 24 hours. I can tell you that much. There we go. There we go. Well, Rob, uh, Rob is here to unpack, digest, and also lay on the therapy couch with us as we uh, – <laughs> As we break this down, we, we don't even have a couch anymore. We're just spreading out on the floor. It's, we need there's yeah, too much. We gotta have more room. Exactly. It's like kindergarten nap time. We, yeah. we, we got, you know, you got you got cots and you got you got them little ring cookies and, uh, and some juice. Pandas and ring Rob. cookies sound good right about now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Rob. Well, we're just we're just gonna we're just gonna dive in head first. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to put this on you. I mean, you are the king, so, you know, kings always have grand decrees. Uh, what do we, after a month of football, what do we know about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Oh, that's a great question, Max. I don't know if we know anything about it. I mean, look, you know, they were, when they finished down the stretch last year, 7-2, and two, they ran the ball, they played good defense, they didn't turn the ball over, and then they go into the offseason. We saw what we saw in the preseason. And the expectation is, okay, so they're going to take that, what they did down the stretch, which is solid football, which has put them, say, in the upper middle class of, of the NFL. But maybe it's not with Buffalo or it's not with Philadelphia. It's not with San Francisco. But it's, it's a base from which you can improve. And then you come out and play the way that they played in the first four games of the season – which is not building on that, which is not getting closer to the San Francisco's and the elite teams in the league, which we saw in week one. And then to have a game like this, it's, it, it makes you question pretty much everything, which is, you know, Mike Tomlin said, you know, Hey, did there need to be changes? Hell yeah. There have to be some changes. That was his direct quote. You know, I don't know what those changes are, but it's very difficult now to look at this team the way I looked at it. Last year and through the you know the the off season, they make some really shrewd pickups, or so it appeared. The preseason, the offense looked great, and I think we all thought this was a team ascending. And after four games, and, and again, maybe we're going to look back at and say, "Wow, that was a hiccup, and it was bad." Um, and it really is going to get back onto the ascending route, and it's not always going to be an easy climb uh, on a graph from from lower left to upper right. But, man, oh, man, after this game, it, it's hard to believe that this team is going in the right direction after a performance like this. Been really built, built on the first three, too, right. after four games now. Right. There's no question. Look, I really thought we had turned a corner when we had that third uh, quarter and we had a nice six-play drive that resulted in the Friar Muth touchdown. Best drive saw, of the year. Best drive of the year. It was like the preseason drives, the five for five, all that stuff. And it's just unfortunate. I just You're sitting here, you're trying to – 
uh, I'm looking. I watched some some film this morning. You know, through uh, you know, trying to stay awake, just trying to you know wake back up here this morning. And uh, it, it again, you see a block missed here, a tackle missed there, an assignment here, and it, it just keeps coming back to poor execution at, at a lot of big moments. Well, Max, when you look at a game like this too, and you know, there's been a lot of blame thrust on the offense is it Matt Canada is it Kenny Pickett and I I understand all that and the offense clearly clearly is not performing at a level that you needed to perform at but neither is the defense and if you don't come up with sacks and big plays you know where is this defense right now so okay so San Francisco comes out they're an elite team they run the ball at will they throw the ball at will okay we understand that Um, let's not forget that other teams have also been running the ball at the Steelers. And you come come in to play a Texans team with a completely banged-up offensive line. A Texans team that has 12 wins in its last 53 games. 12 wins in its last 53 games. They can't run the ball. They've got a rookie quarterback. That sounds like a recipe for success for the Steelers. And if you told me the score was going to be 30-6, to I'd be like, okay, yeah, maybe a little bit better than I expected. But to see what transpired, where the this Texas thirty to team, six in favor of the Steelers. Yeah, yes. right. Yeah, I would have yeah. been like, okay, well, you know, sure. I didn't maybe yeah. expect that big of a jump this week, but oh, good. Okay, we're building off that Vegas win. But to see this Texans team run the ball at will, they completely dictated to the Steelers on offense. Yeah. We're going to throw the ball. We're going to be successful. We're going to run the ball. We we will do whatever we want to you. That was stunning to me. And now you look back again and you say, okay, well, it was San Francisco. And then they had the turnovers against Cleveland and they did what they needed to do against Vegas. They kind of hung on. Okay. Uh, But then you see this and you wonder, well, wait a minute. What about all those things that were going on that we were kind of excusing the inability to stop the run, the other team's top receiver constantly having massive games, not big games, massive games against the Steelers defense. I, I think the Steelers defense has been given a bit of a pass and I think that we kind of saw that there's some work to do on that side of the ball as well. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. Um, one of the other kind of big themes coming out of this game, uh, injuries. Mm. Um, a lot of them uh, relative to, I mean, yeah, you get nicks and bruises, you get guys banged up. I mean, that's a natural part of the game when you play a collision sport, right? You know, you go to the monster truck rally, and even the monster trucks get dinged up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's just a natural part of it. But, you know, we have Dan Moore go down in the first quarter. Uh, we have Kenny Pickett go down in the third. Uh, we lose to Marvin Leal um, in the process. We're already without James Daniels. Um, Pat Fryermuth goes out with a uh, with, 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 with an injury as well. Um, the triage unit. And yeah. and the injuries that have been accumulated over the first four weeks of the season, because now you lump in Cam Hayward with the groin, um, you know, before that early in in, in the first game, uh, just you know the health and the depth of this team being tested uh, so early in the season. That's a big problem for sure. But then again, and I and I agree that it's a big problem moving forward. Um, on paper, it should not have been a big problem with this game. I mean, you're going against a Texans team that has no recent track record of success running second and third team offensive linemen out there, one starter on their offensive line, 
and then being able to pretty much jam it down the Steelers' throats. I mean, you got to call it like it is. That's what they did. They ran the ball, and they've been unable to run the ball against anybody else. And, you know, the Steelers talk, uh, you know, again and again about the standard being the standard. Next man up. Let's go. And, yes, the injuries have hurt this team. Uh, But where is that? Where is the next man up? Where is we're going to overcome these injuries that we see other teams do that we saw the Texans do? Uh, So, yeah, uh, it's – it's uh, it's problematic in two ways. One, uh, Max, that they haven't stepped up uh, and and performed well enough with, when the reserves have gotten the chance. And two, that now you're going to be moving forward with those reserves maybe in a in a what it turned out to be a crucial game against the Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely so. And you know, to both you guys, you know, you you look at this and you think, well, what's the solution? And the solution, though, always comes in the same way. It's going to be better performance. Again, the, the X's and O's are out there. You can see them lined up, and you will go one by one, and you see the schematics fall with guys not executing properly or being blocked or, as, as Chuck Noll once said about my buddy, one of my buddies, that we, uh, John Goodman, who was from Oklahoma defensive end, said, why did you take him out of the game? He said, he was being blocked. <laughs> you know, and that's that's about as simple as it gets. But, that I mean, when my, it's like you said. Mike said it at the end of the, the press conference. You know, there's got to be changes. You know, and so I, I'm kind of interested in where these changes are going to emanate from and how they're going to be handed down because you know there's not a whole lot of wiggle room there with with changes well the other thing too is that you know as a fan um you know if i'm watching as a fan and i maybe don't know a lot about football um or even if i'm a fan who does know a lot about football one of the things i'm wondering is and and again there's there's personnel for sure guys need to do a better job we're not excusing that but why does it always seem like their receivers are wide open and the Steelers receivers are always covered. I mean, that if I'm just watching the game, I'm seeing receivers from from their team just breaking open the middle. They're over the middle. They're wide open, and we're talking about elite receivers for sure. And then I look at the other end, and you know, there's times where it just you know, look, could Kenny be doing a better job for sure? But there seems like times where there's just nobody like wide open presenting themselves uh, to pick up a big play. Well, the separation was an issue, especially. Like Calvin Austin, I mean, and Wolf, we kind of talked about this during the game as we were you were hoping for a replay on 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 the on the on the flag route, right? The double move and yep. not be, and it's, if he did or did not do a double move, if he just went straight into the post route, um, straight off straight off of the run and and, and I a saw cut. that this morning. Did you see it? You did. Okay, I, I did not see. It. Well, I didn't see. I didn't see the long for because I got the. What, what what's the view? You know the television view, so right. I did not get to see like the full deep view. I right, didn't get we'll the, see uh, it later today. But tape. yeah, yeah. My my the the thing, my perspective that I saw Nelson played that perfectly because the same time I thought Calvin didn't give the wiggle towards the seven route when he took off. You know, like last week against Vegas, he gave that old like I'm going to run a flag and then you go to the post. Well, he he did he did give a wiggle, but Nelson didn't bite on it. He stayed high the whole time and stayed above him. And when he threw that little wiggle, Steve Nelson didn't even bite on it, and he went and high pointed that ball right over Calvin Austin. I I, t- I got to tell you, that was just one of those plays where he just outplayed Calvin Austin on that play. And I would also say this: I think that Man. there was a, a little room there. It seemed to me, Wolf, and you saw it again. Seemed to me that there was a little room there for an above average throw. 
and it would have had to have been a, an above average throw. A little bit. Yeah, yeah. To, to maybe lead Austin a little further down the field and maybe with his speed he gains that half step. It would have had to have been above average throw. Um, as it is, it is one play. It is one area where you can't over you can't underthrow the ball even by a yard, and it was underthrown by maybe a yard. Um, so then, you know, if people want to talk about uh, a throw that you'd like to have back, maybe that's a throw you'd like to have back. Well, I, I, there, there's a number of plays on my list uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 I, that I want back, but we don't have enough time to do that, to go through the entire list. Uh, what, what, I, what I do want to ask, Rob, is I'm trying to figure out how, how do we say this? Um, you know, Wolf said it first, execution is key. Um, play selection is key as well, offensively and defensively. You know, defensively, the philosophy, to blitz or not to blitz, that is the question, right? We're, we, 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 are, we are asking that question. But offensively, it's the shotgun versus under center moments. Where your trust is in your offensive line usually dictates how often – and how frequently you go under center in situation high high situational awareness football plays. And I thought that was another area where it just it it didn't seem like a confident game plan, right? It seemed like, oh, we went in, hey man, we we drew some stuff up, put some plays on the board, we got them on the little sleevey thingy that the quarterbacks look at like 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 it's a codex, um, you know. Or they're about to dial something in, you know. Um, it just seemed like some of the timeliness, like the Houston Texans were were prepared. I agree for what we were thinking. I agree, and there wasn't a high level of unpredictability. I totally agree. There are too many negative plays. There have been plays in every single game, two or three plays, in which it, you know maybe the run's going left, and and an offside defender is just firing, firing. Like, they know where it's going. And Kenny Pickett turns and gives the ball to Najee or Jalen Warren, and they're hit five yards in the backfield before the play has a chance to get going, as if they know that th- that's what's going. They they had a, they ran a little boot in which they leave a guy unblocked, right? Mm-hmm. Kenny Sleater, the yeah. fake to the left, and he's spo- didn't buy it. Ooh. The player didn't buy Smoked. it. So, so you Smoked. have negative play after negative play, and that's a big problem for a Steelers offense that can't create – Big enough play. You know, if you're, if you're the Chiefs, if you're the Bills, you know, second and 14, not really that big of a concern. You're the Steelers. I mean, that, that's hard to get those 14. But yards. this is the hard part. Great stuff there. Rob King in the locker room earlier this week. You can check out Kinger every week with Wolf and Max. Of course, those guys 10 to noon Eastern time right here on SNR and ESPN Pittsburgh. I'm Wesley Euler. This is the Steelers Blitz. When we come back on the other side. Show me the money. Show me the money. We'll wrap out the first hour. Some of your reactions, some of my favorite picks of the NFL weekend as well, too. It is the Steelers Blitz on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Final day here of just Euler, no Motes to round out this week, but we're keeping it 
about as regular as we can here on the program. Sands, uh, the half of us with a decade of NFL experience, still get those tweets in, questions, comments, concerns, otherwise, and of course your predictions. You tweet me at Wesley Euler how you think the game is going to go. Score prediction, anything else you want to toss in there, and I will read it before we get out of here on this Friday. That is my promise to Yin's guys and gals out there in Steeler Nation. But, of course, one other thing we have to do every single Friday on the show during the NFL season. Show me the money. Show me the money! Show me the money. Real simple concept. I just take a look at the slate across the NFL, and I give you some lines, some odds, some spreads that I'm feeling good about. Reminder, last week I went 2-1. and one. There's not a set number. Some I like to pick at least three games. Sometimes I go four, sometimes I go five. I've even gone six or seven in the past, but I like to do at least three games, depending on how many catch my eye. And uh, I did three last week. I went two and one last week, and that has uh, placed me at a 10-4 and four overall record so far this season. Not to pat myself on the back, that's pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Make sure you visit WesleyEuler.com slash backslash show me the money where for $5 a month you can get all my gambling. Thought I'm I'm just kidding. There's there's no such thing that exists. I just give it to you good people for free here every single Friday around this time on the program. First one, I've used the Falcons a lot so far. I feel like the two teams that I've picked in these uh, or that I've used for show me the money a lot through the first four weeks of the season. I feel like the Falcons have popped up almost every week. I feel like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have popped up almost every week. I don't know. Maybe there's something there. Maybe it's just coincidence. But I got Falcons money line over the Texans. You know, this. these are the type of games I like to pick a lot. Houston feeling really good about themselves. You could tell that game last weekend to them was personal. Lamar, or, I almost said Lamar Jackson. C.J. Stroud saying that you know that we hadn't had a home win since 2021 and we wanted to give our fans something to feel good about and um you know JJ Watt day down there in Houston last week and all those things Texas are feeling really good about themselves as they should but quite often it feels like in the NFL when a team is flying high like that they get knocked down a peg the next week remember I told you it was going to happen to the Dolphins last week after that 70 point performance against the Broncos I told you they were going to go up to Buffalo and lose comfortably they went up to Buffalo and lost comfortably I don't think the Texans are going to lose big but in Atlanta the Falcons are slight favorites just give me the money line just give me the Falcons to beat the Texans this weekend in the ATL. That's pick number one. Speaking of those Buffalo Bills, they've popped up in the last couple weeks here on Show Me the Money as well, too. Five and a half point favorites against the Jags. The Jags have been weird to start the season. They've looked pretty good a couple weeks. They've really struggled some of the other weeks as well, too. I think the Bills are humming right now, though. Uh, We did best of the West, our power rankings yesterday, right? I had the Niners as the best team in the NFL. I had the Bills as the second best, Tom was in with us yesterday. He had the Bills at number one. They're after some some uh, some rust week one against the Jets. They've been rolling the Buffalo Bills minus five and a half against the Jags. I think they cover that. That's a decent amount of points to lay against again a, a talented team and roster like Jacksonville. But I think the Bills win that one by six or seven. So I'll lay the five and a half. Give me the Buffalo Bills laying the points. Against the Jags. And finally, three picks for you this week. Like I said, I want the Steelers plus four and a half. Hey, this is this game is always a two, three, four point game, isn't it? We've hardly ever seen blowouts in Steelers and Ravens. And I think that continues 
on Sunday. I'll give you my official prediction score and everything about an hour from now when we close out the show. But in terms of the show me the money portion of this program, I like the Steelers plus four and a half against the Ravens. It's it's just always a close game that seems like it's a one, two, three, maybe even four point uh, game. And if that's the case, those points there, I think, are going to be enough to get the job done regardless of who wins the game on Sunday. So give me the Steelers plus four and a half at home. Home dog. Somebody say something about some home dogs. Pittsburgh plus four and a half. So Falcons money line over the Texans. Bills, I'll lay the five and a half against the Jags. Steelers, I'm taking the four and a half against Baltimore. Those are my picks of the week. Show me the money. Show me the money! Again, 10 and four on the season. We'll see if we can keep rolling here. That's going to do it for the first hour of the Steelers Blitz. When we come back on the other side, Five Star Friday, I'll give you the five biggest matchups. We'll do our matchup segment that will determine the outcome of Steelers, Ravens, the five star matchups to be watching for on Sunday. We'll do that to kick off hour number two. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 